1: To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible
2: teacher, Tom Cantor. And it's that scene of the Lord Jesus leaving Matthew's house of life to go to Jairus' house of death That's such a picture for us of what the Lord Jesus did when he left heaven to came to earth. Because when he left heaven, he was leaving like a place of Matthew's house. He was leaving a place of feasting in heaven to go to a place of anguish on earth. He was leaving a place of gladness and happiness in heaven to go to a place of basically sorrow, as the Bible said. They that sat in darkness, he was leaving a place of darkness, or sorry, leaving a place of light to go to a place of darkness, a place of singing. You know, they're singing songs we've in Revelation, singing songs about him in heaven, everybody, to a place of wailing on earth. Basically, he was leaving a place of life in heaven to come to a place of death on earth. And just as he did when he left Matthew's house to go to Jairus' house, there's only one reason he did that. Why would he leave heaven and come to earth? because he knew he could transform. He could transform. He could transform anguish into feasting. He could transform on earth. He could transform sorrow into gladness, darkness into light, wailing into song. He could basically transform death into life. Okay, so he's left now Matthew's house to go to Jairus' house, and there's an entourage which is following, and so the the entourage has left the party And at the head of this entourage is Jairus. And he's going as fast as he thinks the little, he thinks everybody can keep up. The Lord Jesus is most important. So he's going quickly. He's leading this group to his house. And then right behind him is the Lord Jesus, keeping up with this fast pace of Jairus. You know, quickly, quickly, we gotta move. And then following the group is the disciples, and they're moving very quickly to also to keep up. And as Jairus is going as fast as he can. He's thinking, I'll run if he can run. I'll move as fast as I can. He's got to keep up with me. And then in this scene, all of a sudden, this is a fast group. This woman, kind of like, uh, you know, like in a marathon sometimes, you know how people sometimes cheat and they slip themselves into the group. so they <laughs> Anyway, she slips herself into this group and she's right behind the Lord Jesus and she's moving very quickly also to keep up the Lord Jesus. No one has seen it. But just like Jairus, she's desperate. He's desperate for her daughter. She's desperate for bleeding for 12 years. She's been bleeding uncontrollably for 12 years. So she's kind of running along there with the group. And then out comes her hand, and she touches the Lord's clothes, the hem of his garment. No one sees her do this. And as soon as she touches the garment, she drops back. She drops back and she's ready to disappear, get swallowed up by the crowd, she wants that. But as soon as she touches his garment, it was as if the Lord called halt, and everybody stops, including Jairus, you know, at the head of the group, and he pivots around, and it says in verse 22, it says in verse 22, Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, "'Daughter, be of good cheer. "'Thy faith have made thee whole.'" And the woman was made whole from that hour. So the, the woman has been miraculously healed of her 12-year of her bleeding sickness, and now the Lord has decided to confirm her faith by having her make this public declaration of her faith in the healing power of the Lord Jesus. Now, there's some more details about this whole scenario, which is important for us. It's given to us in Mark 5, Mark 5, verse 25. Mark 5, 25 kind of fills in some blanks. It says a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and spent all that she had was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she'd heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind, touched his garment, for she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitude thronging thee and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked about about to see her that had done this thing, but the woman came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole, go in peace and be whole of thy plague. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard that the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. So the drama here is intense. It's very intense. Jairus, as we've seen, is practically running. To, to, and looking behind him just to make sure the Lord, he doesn't lose the Lord Jesus. He's keeping up with his fast pace because for Jairus, time was limited. Time was very limited. When he left, his, when he left the home, his daughter was barely hanging on for her life. We can imagine the scene of Jairus saying to his, his, his dear, precious 12-year-old daughter, honey, hang on. Try to stay alive. I'm going for Jesus. He'll come. He's gonna, he's gonna keep you from dying. We can imagine Jairus thinking of, of of those last words of his daughter, and and when he got to the Lord Jesus, said, "Look, she's already dead." He didn't know that, but he just found it out, and 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 so he he he's thinking, or oh, he's, he's running along here, you know, of his what he told his daughter, try to hang on, try to hang on. I'll rush as fast as I can. I'll come home. I'll bring home Jesus. He's going to save you from death. But but now now all of a sudden, Jairus has to stop. In this, in this mad rush, this wild rush home, because Jesus has stopped and he's turned around and he's asked a question in, in Mark 5.30, Mark further, he, he asked the question, who touched my clothes? Who touched my clothes? The disciples are shocked, they said, you know, you see the multitude all around you thronging you? You ask a question like that? It's a ridiculous question, who touched your clothes? And we can see, but, but, but now we want to turn the spotlight back and focus on Jairus, Jairus is in a state of crippling anxiety. He's like, he's like trembling and he's thinking, who touched his clothes? He stopped to find out who touched his clothes? My daughter's on the brink of death and every second is critical for him to get back to my house as soon as possible and we've stopped this race home to find out who touched his clothes? This is insane, I, I, Jairus is thinking. I'm on the same page with the disciples. Everyone has touched his clothes. What difference does it make who touched his clothes? What difference does it make to find out who touched his clothes? Please, 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 don't worry about who touched your clothes. Just come with me in a hurry to get my daughter and, and, and get to my daughter and stop worrying about who touched your clothes. Start thinking about my daughter who's dying. Now, but it was at this point when the Lord Jesus halted the procession there to find out who touched his clothes. So the anxiety, so we're looking at it Jairus now, the anxiety of Jairus is palpable. It's palpable, we can just feel the tension that's inside of me. he not understand why, why Jesus has decided to waste time trying to figure out who touched his clothes. And with that scene of Jairus in this state of utter anxiety, and him not understanding why the Lord has to delay all this rush to his home, we can see ourselves in that. We see ourselves in Jairus, because that's what we do in our life. We think the Lord should immediately rush to whatever help we need. We have a health problem, we have a family problem, we have a financial problem, we'll name it all. And then the Lord should rush to our help, like Jairus is thinking the Lord should rush to save his daughter from dying. And just like Jairus, we see the Lord delay. He delays and that drives us crazy, Jairus crazy. We don't understand why the Lord is not flying to our relief and, and it was at this time when Jairus was at this crossroads. You know, make a choice. He, he's at a crossroads there. He's gotta make a decision. He has to make a choice between trust and anxiety. Trust and anxiety. On the one hand, Jairus could follow his feelings of anxiety and he could say, I had a plan. It was a good plan. It was a very good plan. I was going to lead the Lord Jesus in a rapid race home so he could heal my daughter. My plan was set in motion. But then came this interruption, this terrible interruption where the Lord stops to find out who touched his clothes. I don't understand it. And, and that stop is driving me crazy because I've chosen, to have a, 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 I've chosen to, to have a plan and my plan has just been thwarted and I'm having an anxiety meltdown. That's Jairus. That's the choice he can make. I'm going to have an anxiety meltdown. That's one. That's where the choice be of anxiety. But the other choice that Jairus could have made is Jairus could have said, when the stops, Jairus could have said, no problem, no problem. The Lord knows my issues. The Lord knows the issues with my dying daughter. If he thinks it's important to stop and find out who touched his clothes, then it's important for me to agree with the Lord to find out who touched his clothes. I don't know why it's important to find out who touched his clothes, but maybe there's a good adventure for me in this for, maybe I'm gonna learn something more about the healing powers of the Lord. Maybe I'm gonna see it firsthand, because I only heard that he healed the leopard. Maybe I'm gonna see it firsthand. I'm gonna see him see, maybe the person who touched his clothes is gonna encourage my faith in the Lord's power, his healing power. See, that would be a, a decision of trust. And that's the same that you and I have in, in life. We're like Jairus, we got our plans, they're all set in motion, and we expect the Lord just to fall in place with our plans, and then the Lord stops following our plans and delays to help us, and then we're faced with the same choice that Jairus had at that point, a choice between having an anxiety meltdown with an internal tension of, come on, Lord, this is not the time to delay any help, time is of the essence, it's time for you to work, Lord, or we can choose the, the path of faith and say, I don't know why He's delaying to 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 heal me, to help me, but I do know that He does all things well, and 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 if He's chosen to delay in helping me, then I'm all for it. I'm in for a wonderful adventure. I'm going to learn something from the Lord who loves me with an everlasting love, and so then, the Lord finds the woman who, who touched His clothes, who touched Him, you know. But it wasn't just like he found her right away. It says in Mark 5:32, Mark 5:32, it says he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the, and then it says, the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. So when it says he looked round about to see her that had done this thing, we understand that the Lord did not immediately identify the woman, but he looked about. And as he did that, we can see him looking at each person and saying, was it you? Or was it you? Or maybe it was you? It Was it you that touched my clothes? So it's kind of this process that's going on. Meanwhile, we can feel the anxiety in Jairus. In He's reaching the boiling point here till the Lord finally sees the woman and says, oh, it was you. You're the one. And when his eyes did identify the woman, we read that the woman then responded. She was, as it says in Mark, 533, Mark 533, she was fearing, she was trembling, and she knew what was done in her, and so she came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. This is all the process that's going on here. It's a long process. And Jairus also looks at the woman and says, so it was you, you're the one who tested his clothes. You're the one who made this unnecessary delay when my dear daughter was dying. And it was so easy for Jairus at that point to look at this woman and resent her, resent her as the one being responsible for the critical delay when his daughter needed the Lord to keep her from dying. And now Jairus is faced with an anxiety over the delay and a resentment toward this woman over her being the cause for the delay. And we can imagine how Jairus now is a mess. He's a mess. And just when Jairus thought it couldn't get any worse than this, he's blaming this woman, a message comes from this house. It's a servant. He's come with an important message in in Mark 535. Mark 535, he says, While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying, which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? Now Jairus hears this news and we can see his face drop as all hope has now been fallen. It's like a piece of glass that's fallen on this floor and shattered in pieces. That's the way he feels his hope is. And his worst fears now come true. His daughter, his dear daughter, is dead. All his plans, all his rushing home has been useless because he learns his daughter didn't make it, she died. And hope is gone and his fear has now turned to anger and he wants to blame somebody. He's getting on the blame game here, and he wants to blame somebody. So the first person he blames is himself. That's what we do. I, if only I had left earlier, if I left home earlier where there's still time to be healed, it's all my fault that my daughter is dead. I didn't leave soon enough. And then he looks for the next person he can blame, and he looks at this woman, he blames this woman. He's got a grudge against her. He's resentful of her as he thinks, You caused this, you're to blame for my daughter's death. If it was not for you and your inconsiderate scheme to touch his clothes, we would have made it to my home in time before my daughter died, and now she's dead, and you're the cause, you're the reason why she's dead. And then, like we so often do, Jairus then turns and blames the Lord. He blames the Lord, he's got a grudge against the Lord, he's resentful of the Lord, he says it's you Jesus, it's you. You decided to make this fatal stop on the trip home to my daughter. Why'd you have to do that? Why'd you have to stop and find out who touched your clothes? What difference did it make? Who touched your clothes? That woman was healed instantly, she got what she wanted, and that didn't have to delay us, but it's all about that routine that you went through of who touched my clothes that caused my daughter to die. Why did you have to stop? So Jairus has gone on this blame game First he blames himself, then he blames the woman, and finally he blames the Lord. And isn't that what you and I do? Isn't that what you and I do? When our our plans come crashing to the floor and what we were afraid of happens, we feel hope is lost, and first we blame ourselves with the why did I or why didn't I? And then we blame another person of why did he or why did she, and finally we blame God. Why did you or how could you have allowed this to have happened? So all this blaming, it comes from fear because fear has just swallowed up Jairus when the messenger came with the news, thy daughter is dead, Mark 5.35, thy daughter is dead. Fear that Jairus would never again hear that sweet voice of his daughter saying, Abba. That fear that he would never know that tender touch of his daughter holding him and this fear just crushed him, it crushed him. And the Lord felt that crushing fear of Jairus. He felt that. And immediately, the Lord spoke to that fear that was in Jairus in Mark 535. Mark 535, it says, When he let spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master? And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. Don't be afraid. Don't fear. Just believe. Just like the Lord, he felt the fear of the disciples when he said he was leaving earth. He felt that fear. He felt that trouble in their heart, that sudos as they say in Yiddish, that heart trouble, and he said in John 14:1, John 14:1, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again, and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be me also. Let not your heart be troubled. Be not afraid, he says to Jairus in Mark 5:36. Be not afraid, only believe. Believe what? As he says, only believe. Believe what, is the question. What is he supposed to what's Jairus supposed to believe? Well the Lord meant that Jairus only had to believe what he had said. So what did he say? He said in Matthew 9:18 in verse 18 he said while he spake these things unto them behold there came a certain ruler and worshipped him saying my daughter is even now dead but come and lay thy hand upon her and she shall live. In essence what the Lord was saying to Jairus when he said, only believe. He's saying, look, Jairus, you remember? It wasn't long ago. You came to me in Matthew's house. You didn't really know that your daughter was dead. You didn't know that she died yet. We know that. But you flattered me by telling me that you thought that even if she had died, that all I had to do was come and lay my hand upon her and that she would live. Jairus all I want you to do now is just believe what you said. Just believe what you said earlier. Even if she died, then it was just my touch that could bring her back to life again. Remember, just believe your own words is what he was saying. Only believe. So the problem with Jairus was not a problem of what he didn't know. He didn't have a problem that he did not know what to believe because he said what he knew at the party. He said what he knew. The problem with Jairus was he needed to believe what he knew. It was not a problem he didn't know what to believe. The problem is he didn't believe what he knew. He needed to believe what he already knew. And that's the problem that you and I have when fear grips our heart, we don't have a problem of not knowing what to believe. We know what to believe. We have the problem of not believing what we know. And, and I mean, we know, we know the Bible. We know the Bible teaches about the love of God, about the almighty power of God, and that nothing is impossible for God. We know that, we've got it up here. We know that he loves us with an everlasting love. We know all those things, but when fear comes, We need Mark 5, 36. Be not afraid, only believe. Just believe what you know. Jairus didn't have a knowledge problem. Jairus had a believing problem. We don't have a knowledge problem. We have a believing problem, which is why the Lord said in John 13, 17, John 13, 17, if you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. The Lord did not say, happy are ye if you know these things. The Lord said, happy are you if you do these things. And that meant for Jairus that his faith needed to have an upgrade. His faith needed to come up, take a step up further, one step further. He needed to to step up from believing that Jesus could heal before death to believing that Jesus could heal after death. See, that's the issue. And that was the crisis for Jairus. It was a crisis of choice. Again, another crisis of choice where Jairus had to believe what to do with this news that just came that his daughter had died.
1: Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org.